Welcome to Sports Scope, the most influential sports talk show in the nation. Stay tuned for updates and great sports content. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on the most influential sports talk show in America. Uh, on this 21st day of August, listen, folks, a uh, lot of stuff in the news today. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, now they're saying he will play this preseason game. I'll give you my thoughts on that. Jonathan Taylor, uh, the Colts, this broke this afternoon, have granted a request for him to seek out a trade. There's going to be some roadblocks there. I'll get into that. Daryl Morey, uh, Daryl Morey. And uh, James Harding, two things can be true. I'll get into that about their feud and whatnot as well. Also, Joe Mixon, got a story about him and more. Let's go ahead and take our first and only break. We'll hit the ground running. I'll be back here in 49 seconds here on Sports Scope. Hello, SportsCo followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just wanted to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder, if you want to contribute to the program, go to the cash app, the word, the cash sign, and SportsCope. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports, that is sports with an S, another S, scope, S-K-O-P-E, at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you, and enjoy the program. Alrighty then. You know, let's start off with this Jonathan Taylor. Now, uh, the Colts have been back and forth with Jonathan Taylor. He wants a contract extension. And the Colts, I guess they're not right money-wise on that. Jim Irsay being the Colts here. Uh, there's some, been some injuries last year with Taylor. He's uh, played 11 games last year, had some kind of back injury. Claims to be fully healthy now. And so the Colts now, I just reported this afternoon that Adam Schefter is saying, yes, uh, he's willing to seek a trade. Now, uh, really good player, second-round pick, former second-round pick out of uh, Wisconsin. Uh, really good year in 21. Again, like I said last year, only played 11 games. Uh, can block, can catch the ball in the backfield, run between the tackles. Uh, we'll be 24 years old. He, he's an ideal player, but from what I'm getting at, uh, he's going to have to pass a physical. Uh, teams are going to have to run him through the gauntlet as far as physicality is concerned. And now I'm I'm reading that uh, the Colts uh, the Colts are wanting a first round pick for him, and also. Uh, that the, there could be a money issue. There's multiple reports saying that this could simply be a money issue with his extension. Uh, there's been talks about Tom Palestrio of NFL Network saying that they would want something similar to what the Panthers, the Panthers, Panthers got four first round, uh, four draft picks, including a second rounder 
uh, from the 49ers to get Christian McCaffrey at the trade deadline last year. And it, also, they're, they're saying that they want a first-round pick and plus, plus the fact that he's wanting a big contract extension. He's coming up on this contract year. So there's a lot of, um, uh, what would you say, it, it, it is a lot of uh, 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 uh Blocks in a row, whatever you want to call it, hurdles to overcome. <laughs> but I'll say this that's what you want. What you get and what you want are two different things. All right. Uh, my, my, th my deal is listen, uh, Miami wanted Dalvin Cook. That was, I mean, he was from Miami. Uh, Miami couldn't quite match the money, my guess is, with the Jets. Dalvin Cook went over to the Jets. Now, if if you just want to cut a little inch off the money, I think that think this Miami team would be an ideal fit. Raheem Mostert, an injury plague player. I was looking. Uh, Miami would be one of the teams interested potentially, according to NFL Network. Uh, also, you want to throw in a team like a um, who else? Uh, they mentioned the Bears. The Cardinals, they're going to be a dumpster fire. Uh, going to get a really high draft pick next year. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to go to the Cardinals if I'm Jonathan Taylor. Uh, the Patriots mentioned is one of them. They just signed Zeke Elliott. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, they were mentioned as one of them. They're also going to be in the tank as well. So it would be between the Bears who got Khalif Herbert. And, of course, it would be between – now, the Bears could pay the big money. They've got a lot of cap space now. They're going to have even more cap space next year. Uh, their uh, general manager's done a good job there. But do you really want to go to uh, the Bears with Justin Fields? You're just iffy there. Uh, so, I think it's between the Bears, who have made tremendous upgrades, and they've got the money – and that Miami team where he can totally flip. I mean, with Tua there, uh, a spot on Tua, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle there, and uh, that running, that zone running scheme, he can totally flourish there. Maybe they could get close, a lot cheaper, no uh, taxes and from Florida to Illinois. I much rather live in Miami than Chicago. Uh, I would like that running scheme there uh, in Miami. It would be ideal to put uh, Jonathan Taylor, who's just 24 pickles. He's just 24 in that system. Uh, he, he would be the man, and my contract would be, uh, it would be a fair contract of around 12, uh, 12 to 15 million a year. Plus you uh, put some incentives in there make it up to 17.5, something like that with incentives. He could potentially hit uh, catch rate incentives. He can uh, hit uh, uh, zone uh, rushing incentives, per se, with this team. But uh, just the 40-year anniversary of uh, the great movie, one of my favorites, of Scarface, 13.5. Forget about 13.5. Tony talking to Sosa. And then Sosa said, what do you suggest that's reasonable, Tony? Um, and then they come up with a deal. I think they're not going to get that first-round pick. 
They're not forget about the first round pick. Probably not going to get a second round pick because you're going to have to pay him a lot of money in a big uh, uh, if he can pass a physical. And that's a big if. If he can pass a physical, you go through this guy like with the with the fine two comb. Uh, a third round pick is more than fair uh, from from the Dolphins to get the uh, uh, to get Jonathan Taylor. Because the Colts are looking at Anthony Richardson as one of their main rushers coming into this year. He's going to be a dual threat. It's not going to be big with the running back here. Uh, this is uh, this is going to be the, uh, uh, the, the the Eagles offense 2.0 with Shane Stitchkin. They're, uh, remember, they got rid of their Miles Sanders. He, he's with the Carolina Panthers now. So it's not a really running back. It's really about the quarterback. It's about the read option. It's about the blocking up front for the, for the Colts. So that's what they're thinking. That's what they're thinking. Now, again, Miami, you you, you saw the upgrades that the Jets have done. Uh, you, you didn't get uh, Jalen Ramsey's going to be out. You're coming in a little bit shorthanded than you expected to be. He's going to be out until December. Why not make a big splash? Go after that running back. You know that can hold it down and keep that heat off of two. If Tua plays 16, 17 games, Miami wins this division, even without Jalen Ramsey, bar none. Bar none. I mean, they are that good right now. Remember, they've got a new defensive coordinator there down in Miami. Uh, There's so many ways this team can beat you. Uh, They've got the former coordinator from the – uh, Denver Broncos. Uh, this would be really an ideal situation uh, for me, uh, particularly. I, I would think so. Now, that being said, wouldn't be one bit surprised if he's a Chicago Bear. Uh, but if he goes to Tampa or if he goes to Arizona, it's all about the money. It's all, and I understand. Listen, short life, want to make the money, but me, I can't tell you how many players that I hear after these contracts are over with, that just took the money and they say, oh, man, I wish I would have. I was miserable for four years and so and so or three years and so and so. Uh, for example, uh, Albert Hainsworth, he says he was miserable in Washington, uh, took the extra money instead of just staying in Tennessee, a system. So you really got to think, OK, is it a system that I like to run under? Can we be somewhat competitive for a championship? If you're so, and obviously you want to get properly compensated, but you also want to be somewhat happy as well, Pickles, if, if, if you ask me. Uh, that being said, may not find a partner. I mean, we are here a couple of weeks away. Next Saturday is full-fledged college football. Then the Sunday after that, uh, well, technically, the Thursday after that, the following Thursday after Labor Day, it's the NFL. So you basically got about two weeks to prepare. Uh, something could happen. Crazier things have happened. What if a major injury happens? I get it. But uh, uh, plus Josh Jacobs, he's going to come back for the Raiders. Uh, so Taylor would be the last shoe to drop as far as is uh, unhappy running backs or uh uh, situations get delighted, but uh, the Colts with Jim Mercy, I can see him wanting to get out, and but I don't know what the Colts are willing to accept uh, to to get rid of him. Maybe a third, and maybe a later fourth round pick if he plays so many games. 
there's some way to work it out. He's not going to get a first or second, in my opinion. In my opinion, I do not think that is going to happen. Okay, another uh, little pearl here. Aaron Rodgers. Okay, uh, Rodgers not going to play. Rodgers not going to play now. Okay, now Rodgers is going to play the last three season game. And I, I'm telling you, this is what I'm thinking here. They're saying, okay, we've got Dalvin Cook here. Speaking of running backs, uh, still no sign of Dwayne Brown coming back at left tackle. This is his first preseason game Aaron Rodgers has played in since 2018. I didn't have a problem with it because, listen, if you're coming into a new system, okay, uh, you want to get some live reps with real competition coming at you. Uh, the joint practices are one thing, but you want to get some live reps here with this competition here. Luckily, he is with the offensive coordinator he's worked with at Green Bay. Uh, for those of you that goes back and go just think back to the Green Bay playbook with Aaron Jones. I mentioned this last week, Pickles, between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, um, they had their problems up in Green Bay with the offensive line. There was a big chunk of time there that the Packers were out of a right tackle and a left tackle. David Bakhtiari and Eldon Jenkins on the right side. Rodgers had to do this cross-the-field type of uh, where the leading receiver was often pickles more than once. You know this, and I know this. Aaron Jones was the leading receiver for the Packers uh, for a time period there, okay? Uh, this is what he's thinking. Until they get Dwayne Brown and some blocking up front, he's trying to develop some chemistry with Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, for fantasy owners in this offense, could have six, eight catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown receiving. That is not an exaggeration. He's thinking, I'm going to use this cat like Aaron Jones here, because we're not going to be able to block anybody coming up front. And I'm not getting blasted by Von Miller in week one. Uh, I've got to set up some chemistry here with him where I'm throwing that ball laterally, lateral, laterally at the line of scrimmage. And then I'm going to use both of the uh, – by the way, uh, I'm just about finished with Al Borges' book, uh, uh, former offensive coordinator – for the Auburn Tigers now sent him a message to bring him back on uh, Wednesday uh, back in 2004 offensive coordinator. He used Cadillac Williams and, and Ronnie Brown, uh, moved his guys all over the place. He's seen my message. He hasn't answered it yet. So, Coach, you want to come on? There's your invitation, okay? But I, I was watching some of the games and reading, finishing up reading his book and the way he used um, – Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown, two guys in the backfield at the same time. Uh, he he would lateral uh, move uh, uh, move Ronnie Brown to the outside and uh, look like he's going to throw uh, with with uh, Jason. Uh, I can't remember the quarterback's name now. It's just slipping my mind. Means no, never mind. Uh, fake him and then uh, pitch inside zone, which means you're blocking air. Give to uh, to Cardinal Williams or fake it and go the other way and throw the ball downfield to Cadillac Williams. Uh, they're gonna they're thinking something like an Al Borges the way he worked Cardinal Williams and Jason Campbell. Thank you. 
uh, Cardinal Williams, uh, Jason Campbell, and Ronnie Brown. That's what Rodgers is thinking. Now, this is going to be terrible for Garrett Wilson and uh, uh, Corey Davis and, and, uh, and Alan Lazard, but this is until they get some uh, run block, some pass blocking on that offensive line. Again, Aaron Rodgers was sacked six out of ten dropbacks in the scrimmage they played against Tampa last week in that scrimmage. So they're in DEFCON 1 internally. I can't wait to see how they handled that coming up on hard mocks tomorrow, which has been really good. I like Rodgers. I like this new Aaron Rodgers taking accountability, engaging with his teammates. I wish he would have did this, took the major pay cut in Green Bay, could have held some better players in there, when he was up there, maybe they would have a Super Bowl and knocked out Tampa that year and, and maybe won the Super Bowl over a uh, Kansas City back in 2020. That's over with. That's water under the bridge. Now he's thinking, I've got to build some kind of uh, intermediate passing game with these cats and get through that first gauntlet of six games and not have hit a, a calf strain or a busted thumb from getting popped by one of these defensive linemen by a uh, Micah Parsons or Von Miller. That's the first two games you got to play well of a pass rush. Right now, I'm telling you, folks, I'm telling you, those games right there are losses. If, 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 the, if the Jets go in with this offensive line, no Dwayne Brown and a banged-up Micaiah Becton, they're not going to beat neither one of those teams. They're playing the the Cowboys on a short week, and then they open up on Monday night. Yeah, they'll be at home. So that's why this game is huge. It's just a preseason game to you and me. But to Rodgers, he's thinking, I've got to get some timing down with these running backs because these running backs are going to help me win the game. And quite frankly, that's what he did a lot of when he was with his last year with the Green Bay Packers. If you think about the pass rush when they were playing well, uh, with Philadelphia, Masson Reddick was on fire. Uh, their their offense came from passing the ball to the running backs down the field. Remember that Monday night game, Pickles, against the Eagles this past year? So Rodgers is getting what he's basically saying, I've been dealing with this for a couple of years because Bakhtiari's been hurt with the uh, Green Bay Packers in that offensive line. He's going to be 40 years old this year. So – this is a big game. This is a very big game. It team might not say it, R-E-L-A-X, but really internally he's thinking, man, I, I, I've got to get a quick release. I'm going to get blasted, and I'm going to hurt early. Ironically, like Brett Favre did when he was traded uh, to the Green Bay Packers from uh, from the Green Bay Packers to the New York Jets, they were 8-3. and three. Remember, then he gets hurt. Everything went downhill. Uh, they lost their second-round pick, and then he didn't even play that last year. Or he just played there one year, and then he goes on to the Minnesota Vikings. And as I was telling the Mac and Jacks show the other day, listen, this thing right here is a case study. If you know. If you know, see what they could have done, what they what Joe Douglas could have done, not to play Monday morning quarterback here, but what he could have done if he had communication with 
Aaron Rodgers' agent, okay, and he knew at some point they're going to nail down this trade with the Green Bay Packers, and he knew that Dwayne Brown is injured and 38 years old, and he knew that Bakaya Beckham did not like playing right tackle, and he's also coming off of the injury. He, they're, they're, all Orlando Brown was available. The, uh, the left tackle from Kansas City, they let him walk. Ben Powers, the best blocking guard from the Baltimore Ravens, was also available. He signed with McClitschke was available. The right tackle from the San Francisco 49ers. What they should have done when you got a guy at that age, you got to put extra amount of effort into the offensive line. He's not as athletic as he was 10, 12 years ago. He is not Josh Allen. He is not Lamar Jackson those type of athletes. This guy is one to two steps, throw, and get rid of the ball. He's not going to run around all over the place and make those big throws. He could back in 2011, okay? We're talking 12 years ago, Pickles. So they should have went out, bet big, get those guys in there, okay? Get that offensive line squared away. Don't worry about the wish list. Just tell Rodgers, hey, listen, we've got the best offensive line we could possibly get. Then go out, maybe go out and get another receiver somehow. But you already got Garrett Wilson. He's offensive rookie of the year. But that's what they should have done. Now, now you're holding your breath on a 38-year-old left tackle, and you're hoping that, that Dalvin Cook catches six, seven, eight balls a game. And maybe they fake a pass to him, and you, you get a long run out of Brees Hall for a touchdown. You get a special team stop, and your defense plays lights out, and you're winning a lot of 21-17 games, right, Pickles? You're playing field position and defense. But uh, I, I'm just a true serum, guys. It's not looking good for the New York Jets as of right now. Uh, I hope everything does work out for Rodgers because, again, I think it's a great story. I mean, I like the Jets. I mean, they got good passion, good fan base, like Rodgers. Jack Hirsch, I do a show with on Sunday, big Jets fan. Uh, when I was living up in New York, I was pulling for the Jets when the Titans weren't doing nothing back in 02 with the uh, Wayne Corbett, Vinny Testaverde, Curtis Martin days, and all that much. But – you know, it feels like the same old Jets, right? But we'll see. We'll see. Okay. And uh, all righty then. One more football. Got to listen, folks. Hang around. I've got a really good story and a really good take coming up on Daryl Morey and James Harden. That's an interesting story. I've uh, got a lot of sound there for that. But, uh, okay, another NFL story. Joe Mixon. Uh, Joe Mixon should be counting his blessings. Joe Mixon, the, what is he, 28-year-old running back, number 28, how ironic, uh, out of Cincinnati. Uh, this guy uh, has played a number of years, got a second contract. He was a second-round pick uh, some years ago. Uh they, they were on the verge of cutting him, takes a pay cut, stays with this team. And uh, he, his name was in the news. Uh, 
his name was in the news for an off the field incident. Uh, this is from awful announcement. Uh, it says the embattled running back has dealt with uh, one with one off field issue after another in 2023. Back in April, Mixon was charged with aggravated menacing. A charge has been acquitted of after police claimed he pointed a gun at a woman and threatened to shoot her. Additionally, Mixon is not the suspect in a criminal investigation. The shooting into the shooting of a teenager who was formerly his next door neighbor. I've been reading about this story on and off all year. And however, he's facing a lawsuit from the teenage boy's family who was seeking damages from Mixon and the individual who was charged with the count of felony assault after the individual shot the boy in the foot while standing in Mixon's backyard in March. Uh, so no sports network apologized for recklessly fault in the Cincinnati Wrangles for the incident, a dangerous accusation that has since been reported as false. It appears Mixon's legal troubles are behind him. He remained quiet as the legal process played out, but following Sunday's practice in Mixon, declined to speak to a group of reporters, according to ESPN's Ben Baby. Uh, he then declared that he would be boycotting questions from specific reporters from following outlets, Sports Illustrated, the Cincinnati Enquirer, Pro Football Network, and ESPN. That's the same Ben Baby uh, guy there. Mixon said that the questions from those outlets were not happening. They cited disrespectful behavior throughout. When asked to expand, he's perceived as disrespectful. He's like, you know how. Listen, uh, they're just doing their job, man. This stuff has been in the news since early this year. Uh, alleged, alleged, alleged. I've been reading about this Joe Mixon report. Plus, Joe Mixon feels like he's lost somewhat of a step here. Uh, got a little banged up last year. I thought they should have went after Jamar Gibbs from the uh, – should have released him uh, for play, not really for uh, off-the-field stuff, but for play issues and got uh, went after Jabbar Gibbs from it, uh, from Alabama as a rookie. But obviously they didn't do that. Uh, they, um, they went on and kept the guy. You know, they kept him in, and I think the other guy, Samaji P. Ryan or whatever. But again, this guy, the NFL said this. This was to be said. Uh, this was a story I read from the NFL about a month or two ago. Well, maybe, maybe give or take, maybe three months ago back. Basically, the NFL was looking into, uh, and I think this is the, the owners and, and, and the commissioner, uh, of looking into players past in college, okay? This guy, now he was, you know, apologetic. Uh, he, he got suspended for a year in college, but it is on video. He punched a woman in her face and broke bones in her face in four places. And you say, well, what's the, you know, that sounds really bad, but, you know, it did happen in college. Listen, Ray Rice never played again after that. He, he, he never, once that video got out, they initially gave him two games, then the outpouring, then the pressure. Uh, uh, then he was suspended indefinitely. Then the, the Ravens cut him, and nobody signed Ray Rice. 
this was technically worse than the Bray Rice. Bray Rice knocked his woman down and out for a second in an elevator, but this guy broke a woman's jaw, broke bones in a woman's jaw, okay? And um, didn't really hear, I don't know if he got on probation or whatever, but either way, uh, he was later, he was later drafted in the second round. And he's played multiple, he's got two contracts out of the NFL. He's lucky to have anything. If this new rule goes into place, which has just been talked about, it's not been voted on, where you can look in and punish players for college incidents, punish players for college incidents, what I think is BS, because if, if, if a guy pays his dues in college, uh, he should get an opportunity. I'm all about second chances. Trust me. I mentioned Henry Ruggs thing was horrific. A woman burned up in the car. He was doing 156 miles an hour. Uh, he is, is is sentenced from three to 10 years in prison in Nevada. Uh, I say if the guy could still catch the ball when he's done doing his time, he pays all his fines. I think he should have a chance just like Mixon. But uh, Mixon, uh, beat all this stuff out. He's dealing with the civil suit. He's willing to take it out on reporters. But my thing, he needs to be grateful for the opportunity because if those old rules would have went into play and there's a chance maybe he gets suspended his first year, you know, he's lucky to have a job anywhere because it wasn't too long ago from the time he was drafted to the time Ray Rice hit this woman never got picked up. You could say, well, maybe Rice was on the backside, he was 30-plus years old. That had something to do with it, too. But, you know, the knockout, but this guy does it. But he's he's 21 years old, fresh legs, coming into the NFL. Yes, the NFL is hypocritical. A lot of it is timing and optics about the NFL. And can you help this team win, Pickles, right? Pickles said he should let his uh, – uh, a lawyer do the talking, and it is bad press. Yeah. Yeah. So, Joe Mixon, thank your lucky stars. Be humble. Uh, that being said, if, if he don't want to talk to the media, I think there's obligations with the NFL. He'll probably take the heat from the fines, and he'll do his thing. He knows he's on a potential Super Bowl team this year. He said it. And uh, the fact that Joe Burrow uh, looks to be healthy, coming back pretty strong from that calf injury, that very well may be true, folks. Wow. Well, that's a mouthful, ain't it, Pickles? That is a mouthful. Okay. I've got a James Harden story. Then I'll come back to the NFL. This, this story is interesting. Okay. Doing this business... I do not like to be narrative guy. I do not like to be absolute when it comes to things. Uh, you'll hear me say the phrase, two things can be true at once, okay? Uh, James Harden didn't take his career seriously the first 10, 12 years of his career. Yes, that can be true. James Harden has been more of a team player the last two years of his career. That also could be true. James Harden had no business dogging out a general manager in China uh, 
in China, the one that called out China for the right things, Daryl Morey, that can be true. James Harden, probably right about uh, uh, Daryl Morey, who is, is overrated as executive like nobody's business. And Harden is probably telling the truth. Uh, that so let's go to the let's 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 go back to this. So he is saying that if he opted in to this contract, um, this thirty-five million dollar contract that that uh, uh, um, Daryl Morey of the 76ers assured him he was going to uh, trade him. I believe Harden because I think Daryl Morey is, is full of crap. Uh, I think he takes big swings. He talks a big game. He leads into analytics. And here, let, let's just go back and read the story first. Okay. All right. This is from The Athletic. And I want to make sure and get this all right before I, you know, assume anything. All right. All right. Okay. Now the NBA is investigating this thing, okay? As a part of the NBA, this is from the athletic Sharm Shramian. This guy's been on the ball here lately, uh, somewhat. Uh, it's part of the NBA investigation into he he's a liar comment. Philadelphia 76er star James Harden told the league investigators he was referring to President of Basketball Operation Daryl Morey, telling Harden he would trade him following the $35.6 million opt-in for, for this year coming into next year. Uh, the 76ers now say they expect to keep Harden. Harden is reiterated his desire not to play for the 76ers during an event in China August 14th as a part of a marketing tour for Adidas. Said, quote, Daryl Morey's a liar, and I will never be a part of the organization as a part of Harden Part of it. Harden told the crowd in attendance in front of numerous cameras. Let me say it again. Daryl's a liar, and I will never be a part of the organization uh, that he's part of. Later in the week, Harden told uh, KOHU 11 News in Houston that he believes his relationship with Moore and 76ers is over. Uh, the backstory confirmed. On August 12th, that Maury and the 76ers decided to end trade talks involving Harden, and they are expecting him to report to training camp late next month. However, a source close to Harden, who is not authorized to speak publicly on the matter, told the Athletic that Harden's plans have not changed of his mid-July trade request. Listen, Daryl Maury gets in and out of these big deals constantly. And he is. What's up, man? What's going on, brother? Good to see you. Good to see you, Jeremy. Good to see you. Um, so, uh, listen. Here's some of Maury's history here. Uh, truth of the matter is, he's a guy that makes these big moves. He talks the big game. And, you know, yeah, he almost got a championship. And uh, here's a story from the Ringer. Championship in 2018 with Chris Paul and uh, James Harden there. Of course, Paul gets hurt. They lose game seven. I'll give you that. But he's also a guy that traded for Westbrook. 
He's also a guy that brought Harding to the 76ers. Uh, my, my dad was saying he's pretty much all hat and no cattle. This is from the ringer. Here's another story on him. It says, Maury's teams with Houston Rockets, Philadelphia, have won 62% of regular season games over 16 seasons, leading the front offices, which ranks fourth all-time executives with 15 years' experience behind only R.C. Buford. That is uh, the of the Spurs, Red Arback, uh, uh, obviously the, the legendary Celtics, Jerry West, not even in the league with none of those guys. According to the data provided by Basketball Reference, Moore is a winningest, one of the winningest general managers in history, but all the front offices have something he don't, and that's rings. The closest thing, of course, I mentioned that game seven in 2018, but he big into this analytics things uh, where they missed 20. That They lost that game because they missed 27 straight three-pointers, and Charles Barkley was right about Daryl Morey back eight years ago. Listen to what Barkley said about Daryl Morey, the guy who talks a big game, but very rarely, very, very rarely delivers. Listen up. This is going back to all those big moves that he patted himself on the back about the um, uh, Houston Rockets in the past. For, for uh, wearing the mic, uh, Daryl Morey, the Rockets GM, tweeting that the best part of being at a TNT game live is it's easy to avoid Charles spewing misinformed bias vitriol disguised as entertainment. <laughs> I, I have a feeling Daryl wasn't very kind of you describing Houston as a bad defensive team. In fact, you said worst in the league defensive team. <laughs> Our team that's going to make the playoff. They're awful defensively. But they're, but they're, if you look at the metrics on the thing, they're like number five in the league defensively. They're not. That, just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team defense. They're not a good defensive team. They gave up 118 points. No good team gives up 118 points. I'm not worried about Del Moore. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. He went out and got James Harden and got Dwight Howard. They're going to tell me that's analytics. Then he went out and got Trevor Ariza. But uh, then he went out and got Josh Smith. So, first of all, I've always believed analytics was crap. And I'm and I, you know, I never mentioned the Rockets as a legitimate contender because they're not. Uh, and listen, I wouldn't know Daryl Moore if he walked in this room right now. <laughs> listen, there's some truth to that. You know, uh, the whole three ball phenomenon. He he leaned into it. Like I said, they missed 27 threes and and, and lost that game. Uh, let's not talk about this debacle with the. Uh, he brought in Doc Rivers. He didn't work out, you know. Uh, he, he's one of these guys that gets all that ink, but he very, very rare delivers on anything, you know. That you know the 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 stuff. The, the Warriors, yes, they did it. They did it, but it wasn't working. You have to adjust sometimes, and teams are getting away from the three ball. Uh, if you look at the last few champions uh, from uh, the, the Toronto Raptors in 2018, mid-range shooting team. You look at the previous champions, the Denver Nuggets, mid-range shooting team, bring it back to big man. Uh, look at the uh, Milwaukee Bucks uh, uh, with Giannis and that group, mid-range. And more was still pushing that three-ball revolution, you know. Uh, and also, I read this story in the Ringer that this guy uh, he, uh, he 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 doesn't 
uh, he, he don't pay any of his traffic tickets. He uh, 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 traffic tickets got so bad on him. He thought he was going to possibly lose his license. He trades his car in. He makes a deal with uh, Lexus. So they would pay his traffic tickets and he would just buy another Lexus. He's one of them guys. He don't finish anything. He's a, he, he's the guy that's got the big idea, but he don't know how to execute it, you know, and he don't want to be held accountable for when the big idea don't work out. That's my thing about Darabont. So, uh, do you, uh, to, like I said, two things can be right. Yeah, yep, yeah, uh, uh, Harden's a problem, but it was his big idea to bring Harden in. He knew who Harden was when Harden was at Houston. He knew Harden had his problems at Houston, uh, a frequent goer, strip clubs and whatnot. He knew about that, but he brought him over. It's his big idea. Now he can't get rid of him. Now he wants to keep him. I probably want to keep him for a trade chip around the trade deadline coming up in February, March, whenever it is this year. And Harden wants to start over from scratch in a new environment. That's what, and Moore probably told him that, probably because he just comes off as a guy who talks a big game and never delivers on what he says. And, that, and finds a way to get out of not being held accountable for his nonsense. And uh, Pickle says, they they won't get what they want for Harden. Why would it have? He's a 30-something. He had one great game in the playoffs that stuck out. I think it was that game one against Boston where he had like 41 points. He had flashbacks of the, uh, the great James Harden of the past. And then he just goes back and beats James Harden again. You know, so um, as you can see, Daryl Morey, so now the league is looking into it. So now I guess the moral to the story is get everything in writing, right? Get everything in writing, some kind of side note here. Uh, but uh, part of me believes hard because I think uh, from everything I read and hear about Morey, he just reminds me of people I grew up with who are just full of BS, man. They're constantly talking a big game and very rarely – deliver that that's that's my story and i'm sticking to it okay back to the nfl listen the raiders (coughs) speaking of bad organizations every dog has his day huh frank every dog has its day uh the raiders have seemed to have found a potential starting quarterback um, it's two games in, it's two games in, uh, fourth round pick this Aiden O'Connell from the Raiders, uh, fourth round pick from Purdue. Uh, this guy has been almost as flawless as you. Let me see if I can find some of his stats here. I want to say, well, what did he have? Okay. So the other day he had one touchdown hit. I, 15 for 18. This was against the 49ers. I think this may have been in week uh, week one. 15 for 18, one touchdown, 117 quarterback rating. Uh, got sacked one time. Uh, then game two uh, against the Rams. I think this was over the weekend. Uh, he was 11 out of 18, 163, 127 quarterback rating, two touchdowns, 
no interceptions. Uh, guy's got a good release. Uh, probably think about all these players that have been picked. Uh, let's start off with the top guy here. Bryce Young. Uh, who was the second guy? Um, oh, Anthony Richardson. Will Levis. C.J. Stroud was the second guy. Excuse me. It was Bryce Young, Stroud, Richardson, Levis for Tennessee in the second round, who didn't even play last week. He's already hurt again, Pickles. I don't know what to think about him. Uh, he, he, he was hurt at uh, 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 Kentucky. He hurt his foot at Kentucky last year. Uh, he got hurt and practiced uh, against the scrimmages this week against the Minnesota Vikings. And he didn't even play. Uh, uh, he didn't even play in the game. It was all Malik Willis. So that's that's Will Levis. Then you throw in Stetson Bennett, who's had a pretty good count too. But this guy has had a better preseason and a better count than all of them. Aiden O'Connell. Keep that name in mind. You say, well. Why do you keep saying that? I said, listen, listen, folks. You know, and I know, <laughs> kind of like the guys, the two old men from uh, Trading Places, right? And two old guys with Eddie Murphy. You know, and I know um, that Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to, he's not going to play 17. He's never played 17 games. He's going to get hurt. And Brian Hoyer is barely. Barely an NFL backup. And the only reason they've even got Brian Hoyer on that team is because Josh McDaniels no Hoyer because he's he's worked with him back in his uh, Patriot days. He's one of these guys, carries a clipboard, like my dad would say, milkshake drinking guy, early to the meetings, knows all the plays, knows the verbiage, works with the other quarterbacks. But this ain't no Connell. This guy, mark my word, more likely than not, this team is not going to go anywhere this year. I think they can possibly trade Devontae Adams this year. And I think this cat right here could be one bright spot for the Vegas Raiders. I, I think he will probably start at some point this season. Aiden O'Connell, fourth-round pick from Purdue. Now you say, who else came from Purdue? Hey, Drew Brees. Drew Brees, six-foot-tall, second-round pick came from Purdue University to the then uh, San Diego Chargers. So watch out for this guy. Uh, I, I've been hearing a lot about him. He got his play really well. And you say, well, it's his preseason. That's what we said about Dak Prescott, also a fourth-round pick. And Tony Romo never got his job back. You know, that's what we said about Tony Romo. He wasn't even drafted, but he was doing well in the preseason. And he just kept doing well, doing well, and they finally put him in there. Russell Wilson. People don't realize Wilson, I think he was like a third-round pick. Either way, that means no, never mind. They had already paid another quarterback from Green Bay. They already paid him. Not a big lot of money, but they did pay him a decent uh, check. He was supposed to have been the starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. This guy's having a good preseason. This player out of Wisconsin, uh, Russell Wilson, becomes Russell Wilson. So 
this guy could be that guy. Now, it's been two games. There's also Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub was really good in the preseason, and he was decent in the regular season. But once he started throwing interceptions with Houston Pickles, it went all downhill. So it's it's going the other way. But he's a guy that's really caught my eye in the preseason there. Uh, also, uh, I'll say this. Now, this guy's pretty far down on the depth chart. Uh, UCLA player, I've watched him a couple of times. Uh, pretty accurate. Kind of reminds me of Teddy Bridgewater a little bit. Don't make a lot of mistakes. Smart guy. His name is uh, Dorian Thompson Robertson, rookie from Cleveland. Uh, you know, somebody may make a trade for him. I mentioned Stetson Bennett. You know, Bennett's only listed as 5'11". Uh, there's a good chance he can play because of Matthew Stafford's injury history. Uh, they got a lot of holes in their offensive line. They're going to be giving up a lot of points uh, on defense. Uh, I've heard that they're going to have late Dra uh, draft picks, rookie draft picks playing in their secondary. Late round pick rookies in their secondary this year. Remember Jalen Ramsey? Uh, he's now with the Miami Dolphins. Apparently, Sean McVay's strategy was we're going to go all offense. And by the way, I heard Cooper Cup's going to be back, by the way. Uh, they're going to go all offense. We're going to lean in that side of the ball. Yeah, you got a 33-year-old. Uh, Aaron Donald there with the Rams, but there, that still doesn't mean that the defense is going to be good. He's one guy. He don't play the back end. He's not an edge rusher. So uh, Stafford could very well get hurt again. Stetson Bennett could also be playing this year, and maybe they found their guy. But it's still early for Bennett, you know, still early for Bennett. We'll have to see. Not as much as I like this Aiden O'Connell uh, other players here I wanted to mention. Uh, let me see if I got this cut here from my man, uh, Rich Ferris here. I've got a, I think I have a soundbite from Rich talking about a guy and running back for Tennessee to watch out for. Listen up. Put maybe uh, Julius Chestnut, an uh, undrafted guy that uh, probably ahead of Haskins at this point. He's really showed out nice. not only as a, a third, fourth string running back, but also on special teams. He's uh, one of their kick returners. That, uh, this guy, Julius Chestnut. Now, not Joey Chestnut, not the hot dog eating champ champion. Julius Chestnut, undrafted player for the Tennessee Titans. That was on Wednesday's program last week. My man Rich Ferris here from 104.5 The Zone. That's the Cumulus radio station. It follows the flagship of the Tennessee Titans. For the record, uh, Chestnut had 13 carries, 98 yards, touchdown, and he called a touchdown here. Uh, he's talking about Hassan Haskins, that he would be the uh, – he would play him over Haskins and, of course, Tennessee's got Tajay Spears as well. So when you've got guys like that that come up out of nowhere and rise up, that's another reason I do not see a team like the Indianapolis Colts getting a first-round pick for, uh, 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 for Jonathan Taylor. I mean, the Titans get a pick for Chestnut. I don't know. 
they may cut Haskins, you know, uh, because they're going to keep Spears, the two-lane rookie who's playing really well, had a great camp, uh, uh, just looked great, man, hits the tackles. Hits, so now Tennessee's got a three. And plus, who knows if Derrick Henry also may get hurt. He's getting up in age. He's a power runner. Uh, so that that's another guy. Uh, uh, plus, I was reading for Pro Football Focus here. Uh, one of the reporters saying this week could be a big trade week in the NFL for back roster plays like that. So look for something like that to happen. If I'm Tennessee, I maybe hold all these guys, not unless somebody offers me uh, something big for them. Because you get an undrafted uh, free agent on your team, he's playing for pennies on the dollar. Uh, the guy can really run. Uh, they got a nice feel for the game. Hey, uh, that was a stat here. I think Colin Coward said this stat many a time. Half of this league is undrafted. You know, not everybody's these big superstars. Remember, you still got to fill out a roster. You got special teams. You got situational players. Uh, it's 50. There's only 22 starters. Teams have 53 men rosters. So you got to keep all that in mind, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Chestnut made special teams. Uh, he is good as that guy's bid, Pickles. Uh, I, I, I would put him in certain games and see if he's not better than Spears. He seems a little bigger than Spears. And Haskins. If it's up to me, there's a good chance Haskins, the fourth-round pick who's been backing up Henry for two years, he may be on the road, and this guy may have beat him out, this Julius Chestnut here. So, um, anyways, folks, that's all I've got tonight. Now, again, I've reached out to Al Borges, and he has saw my message, but he still hasn't got back to me. Maybe he's got something planned that night. Uh, I'll send him a follow-up message and see if he wants to come on Wednesday, maybe Thursday. There's a chance. I'm still debating it that I could be working Friday. I had to let Carlos know. I'll put a, probably put a, a rerun in here. I'm trying to do something now so I won't have to deal with any extra work on Labor Day weekend. There's some pretty good games on Labor Day. Here's the thing about college coming up. Not this coming up weekend, but the next. Well, this weekend you got week zero, which is Navy and Notre Dame. I mean, it's not a really a big game. If you, I think USC's playing. But they, there's no big games on this weekend. There's college football on this weekend, but there's no big games on uh, uh, this weekend. Now, next weekend, the really official weekend, of college football, you do have Florida at Utah. Now, that'll be a good game, but it's going to be on Thursday. A lot of us going to be working. and um, But there will be some good games on, ironically, Pickles, they'll be on Saturday morning at 12 o'clock Eastern time, uh, 12 noon Eastern time, TCU against Deion Sanders' Colorado team, and his son, Schroeder Sanders, is going to be playing there. Uh, they're 20-point favorites against uh, Colorado, and that's playing at TCU. Remember, they was in the national championship game last year. Max Duggan left there. He's with the Chargers, Pickles, but I think he got hurt. Uh, he was supposed to have been a backup there. Had a pretty good camp, but he, he, he's been hurt, and he didn't get a chance to play. But that'll be a good game. Uh, you know, Florida State and LSU, that's like Sunday night. That's not even on Saturday. Miami or uh, uh, 
I think Sunday or yeah, later on Saturday night, you got South Carolina, North Carolina, Drake May with North Carolina, uh, Spencer Rattler for South. That'll be a good game. That'll be a pretty good game to watch. Tennessee will play Virginia. Uh, but the, the big dogs, I mean, you Georgia's playing UT Martin, you know, uh, not a very good game there. Uh, Alabama's playing uh, Middle Tennessee State, nothing big there. Uh, Ohio State, now they're, I think they're playing at Indiana. That'll be a decent game. Uh, also, came out today, and I was going to ask Al about this. Uh, it looks like that Michigan, to be on the safe side, they went on a suspended Jim Harbaugh eternally for three games. So he's going to be out there, but they're not playing anybody, you know. they and, uh, The fourth game, they got to go at Rutgers, and Rutgers is getting better. You know, uh, I think I think Harbaugh's put a big target on Michigan's back, saying we're going to get more players drafted than, uh, uh, than that Georgia team did a few years ago, which is like 15 or something. Uh, he's putting a lot of pressure. Everybody's talking about national championship. It felt like they're just putting a big bullseye on the the Michigan Wolverine team. So, uh, but anyway, there's some decent games out there. It should be a lot better for week one. But I'm looking for a lot of good ones though are early. They're at 12 Eastern time on that Saturday, and I don't think I'm going to work volunteer that way. Yeah, um, yeah. Michigan should let Al Borges coach while Harbaugh is out. Al Borges uh, covers the Michigan games. He's connected with Michigan. He used to be the offensive coordinator under Michigan uh, back in the day when they had Robertson there. I forgot that guy's name now, but he says this guy, Robertson, uh, he never did do film work. You know, the, the little quarterback, very athletic Used to uh, uh, play there about 10 years ago. Guy didn't do any film study, you know. Uh, so that's why he didn't last. But but uh, Borges, he watches every play. He has a podcast. He breaks down every play of the Michigan team. So uh, he predicted the last two years, he said Michigan will beat Ohio State. And he was right. So I'm going to follow up with him. Hopefully he can come on Wednesday. If not, I got plenty of stuff to talk about, folks. Trust me. There is a lot of stuff, storylines going wrong in the college and the professional games, okay? So I'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place, here on Sportscope. Please, if you like the show, please share the show. <coughs> Excuse me. Man, that's a mouthful. Have a good night, everybody. <coughs>